Welcome to The Ugly Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Alexander, she, they, and this is the place where creatives are encouraged to make messy, ugly art and let go of perfectionism. I started this podcast with my creative partner, Emerson, and we've since grown into our businesses, and this podcast is now evolving into a space where I interview other creatives to discuss our creative processes and how we navigate the mental minefield of creativity. This podcast serves as a reminder that you and your art get to be whatever the hell you want to be, ugly and all. Okay, welcome back to the Ugly Podcast. Um, I have a really, I'm really excited about this episode today. Um, <laughs> this um, person I'm about to introduce to you um, is the person that I wanted to bring on to the ugly podcast as soon as I started interviewing people. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about this. She is an artist, writer, and accidental astrologer from Calgary, uh, where she lives with her husband and cat and has been making art for nearly a decade. And a few years ago, she stopped making realistic portraits and started letting her personality come through her work, which is why she's just so perfect for the ugly podcast and to come here so welcome um can you please just introduce yourself with your name and your pronouns please hello hi uh yeah i'm heather buchanan uh she her um thank you so much for having me lauren i'm so excited to be here <laughs> yay oh this is just so good like your art it um it touches a place in me that like brings me back to doing mad libs with my best friend at her lake cabin just like trying to pull out the most random silly things we can possibly muster and just making ourselves crack up forever and always and that is what your art does for me and I just love it so much I told you I wouldn't gush too much but that's that's the extent of it I'll stop Oh man, no, that is. Oh man, I haven't, I haven't thought about Mad Libs in a really long time. But that is totally the vibe. Like just trying to make it weird, trying to like, yeah, let the let the oddity flow and try to yes. some some strangeness. Yes, I want to. Do they still make Mad Libs? I I hope so. I want to do them now. <laughs> yeah, they they were really fun. I. Uh, I want to I want to find some and then go on a really long drive and, and just like yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> um so I want to kind of over the course of our conversation I just I'd love to talk about like how your art has evolved and I don't know, just like how your process has been with that um because I think like at least for me the realization that my art can be whatever I want it to be and that I can lean into my own personality was like the biggest realization and made me realize like oh I actually have some creativity in me like I didn't think of myself as a creative person before that um so I'm really curious like what was your relationship to art before that shift when you were in in your early days of art like how did you start getting into making portraits what was that like yeah, so I think my relationship to art was was very much um, having it be a career and having it sort of be um, something that I needed to make a living with. Um, I really 
didn't want to be stuck in an office. Um, I had um, a lot of anxiety and had had battled depression um, so much as um, like a teenager, and um, a lot of it had to do with being at school and and when I, when I tried to hold down jobs and whatnot, I just, it was so miserable. And the one thing I could always do was to make art. And so I really, really relied on art as a career because I could, I could do that and I could not, you know, I could, I could want, I could, I could do that. And I'm trying not to get too bleak. I could do that and be okay. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So basically, um, you know, making art was, was something I really needed to rely on for an income. And so um, I, did sort of um, suppress my own personality in it a lot. Um, not completely. Like there was, there was always a sense of humor in it and always um, uh, a bit of me in everything I made. I always came back to a part of myself or it always, it always sprung from something in me, but it was, you know, there's just the volume was turned way, way, way down. And sort of, you know, the question of would it sell was always, you know, way, way at the front. Um, And it was always, you know, I made a lot of sort of pop culture related work um, and a lot of, um, you know, funny sort of puns and greeting cards and things that, you know, just were like really, really commercial. And, Mm. you know, so my relationship was very much... um, you know, just sort of like leaning into what would sell from a purely survival standpoint. Um, And, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, Um, especially, you know, I think it served me really well because it allowed me to sort of build up an audience for the first several years of my career and allowed me to sort of make a name for myself. And even though that sort of you know, then makes it harder to pivot because you, you know, you sort of get known for doing certain things. Um, and it sort of makes it, you know, sort of harder to ever shake that reputation as the person that does blank, you know. Right. Um, it also, there are benefits to it because I did spend a lot of years really honing my my technical skills as, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you want to like paint portraits of celebrities, you better you know, actually get some chops painting portraits um, because it actually has to look like them if anyone's going to paint them. Um, but, you know, so there, there are all these like wonderful advantages and, you know, you also get to make um, work of the, you know, the the movies, the pop culture people that, you know, that I'm into and that I, I think are funny or interesting in some way, um, which is really fun. And then you get to interact with people who are also fans of the same thing. So it creates all, all these sorts of wonderful connections in those ways, um, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is, there, there was, there was definitely always sort of a bit of an emptiness and a bit of like sort of a nagging feeling of it. Mm. Not quite, you know, not being enough. Yeah. There was just something missing always. Yeah. Yeah. That element of just like, you're always, it's always in the back of your mind of this has to make me money. And so there's a certain pressure on your art at all times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a lot of weight to put on, on art and on creating for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then when did you start to develop your own style with the noseless faces and then um, eventually horror scoops? How did yeah. that come to be? Yeah, so um, it was, I guess, about three years ago, three or four years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. The noseless faces, yeah. So I, I knew I wanted to sort of, yeah, so there was that like, you know, nagging feeling of of having more to say and knowing that that I just really needed to start making work that was more myself. And and I know people who, you know, um make pop culture work and who don't have that, who are like fully satisfied by doing that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely not something everyone feels, but I I felt it. I absolutely felt nagged to like get messy and get weird and Mm -hmm. and fully express all the nonsense going on in my brains (laughs) um and yeah so I just I really started just like drawing like two hours a day of just drawing like face after face after face um trying to figure out like what what it was gonna be what was gonna be different in in my own style and Mm -hmm. I I also had this like maybe like two week period where I was just I took like all these like um you know like canvas boards like just the kind of cheap canvas panels and I painted like the same the same character like this she had the same expression and hair color and and sort of type of features but I gave her sort of different you know, she she was just like in a different style in about mm-hmm. like 30 different paintings. <laughs> like it was absolutely wow. insane. I like laid them all out and I was just trying to figure out like in each one, what was interesting and what wasn't and what sort of seemed derivative of a different style. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was just like painting over and over and over and trying to just like figure out all this work that like no one will ever see. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like really trying to develop a style that felt like me and felt Mm. unique and felt original. And I was trying to not look at a lot of other people's art at that time and trying to not absorb too much of other people. um, Because I, I, you know, like we are, we are sponges. We are, you know, human tofu, you know, we take on the flavors (laughs) of everything around us. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's a weird way of putting it, but you know, human I mean, tofu. I love it. <laughs> yes, we are <laughs> something like that. Um, but, uh, so you know, I was just trying to like come up with all these different things, and and yeah, I think a lot of people who have you know have gone through this, or like it's like some people have just like always had a style since they were mm-hmm. they were young, but um, but yeah, I I. I definitely like I don't know about you but like I I don't know I I didn't I like squashed a lot of my own originality in myself at a young age yeah. like I I like killed that in myself to try mm-hmm. to fit in so you know I had to like recover it at an older age you know so yeah so it was a long process and a lot of trial and error and a lot of experimenting until I found things that felt right and it, and there was a period of it feeling like nothing was ever gonna feel like me and it was mm-hmm. like 
the hopeless feeling of like, I'm just going to like be painting faces forever (laughs) and nothing's going to feel right until finally there were some like breakthrough moments of like, oh, this feels weird. This is interesting. Ooh, this is exciting. (laughs) Oh my. And, and yeah, so that was, it's, it, it actually happened, which was exciting because there were weeks where it was like oh there's this is never gonna happen and I'm never gonna have a style and and the hopeless 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 but no it 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 worked (laughs) that's very encouraging I'm still like discovering my style just because like my creative journey has been so new I mean I only realized I was a creative person like two years ago yeah yeah and so like I love hearing you say this. It makes me feel so hopeful. Yes. <laughs> like, like there, there is like, I can continue exploring this and I will like find yeah. something that speaks to me. It's just yeah. like, that's just part of the process. And it's mm-hmm. so funny that we're just like, no, this is how it's going to be forever. This is my right. life. We never ex- like, we never leave room for that expansion and that change because we're always just like, no, this is just how it's going to be. <laughs> right. Or like so resigned. <laughs> yeah or like like the, there's that like mythology like you just have a style like it's just there and you right it and it's like ingrained in you like no you've got to like keep exploring keep finding yeah, find it yeah yeah get curious you know dig around root around in there <laughs> exactly yeah um yeah I love that I'm yes that brings me so much hope <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm glad because like yeah it was it there were definitely some like dark moments of it feeling like it wasn't gonna ever sort of congeal into anything and what's really interesting I think is the things that aesthetically felt right like the noselessness mm-hmm. that just like something felt really good about that and I didn't know why and then as I like worked with that, I realized that like the faces without noses looked like they were having like a panic attack, like they were having trouble breathing. Yeah. And then, and then like that, like so so having had this whole history with anxiety and panic, but also being a total silly pants goofball, <laughs> um, it 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 so these these faces work on both those levels of like Mm -hmm. having this like serious element of of sort of expressing something about mental illness and then but they also look absolutely bananas so (laughs) so they they work on these two levels and there's this push and pull of the serious and the silly and they just feel right so it's Mm -hmm. it's so interesting that you know sort of aesthetically there's something interesting about them to me but then also conceptually they say exactly what I want to say so it's just Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how that works out you know there's there's that like creative magic thing that happens yeah yeah I don't know how how else to explain it you know creative magic that's what it is We have this idea that everything we do has to be good or have value. This belief leads us to burnout. It can hold us back from creating altogether. But in my Ugly Art 101 course, I break down these restrictive beliefs and lead you through exercises that intentionally subvert perfectionism and bring playfulness back into your creative process. You can get the first day absolutely free by going to my website, scribeandsunshine.com and signing up on the homepage. Join me in my weird ugly art revolution. Back to the show. 
was there any one or anything going on in particular? I mean, you said three to four years ago, so I can guess what was happening in the world at that time. Um, but anything that inspired you to be like, no, you know what? I'm at my wits end. Like, I can't keep doing this. I need to lean into my silliness. I need to lean into my style um, rather than trying to paint what other people want to see. Was there someone or something in particular that like pushed you in that direction? Yeah. Well, I had, I had gotten into a, a car accident at the time. So I was. Oh, like, different. I was thinking of like, you know, COVID and I'm just like, you know, no, we're stuck no, inside. This, was, this was like two this years before pre, that. Pre-COVID. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I think I'm in that like headspace where I don't know what years mean right now. I should, yeah. I should like draw out a timeline. I'm like, I'm, I'm really bad in general at knowing how many years anything has been. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah covid like minus two years like two years gotcha okay, yeah. okay don't if i say anything has been a certain number of years just don't <laughs> <touch me>. okay <laughs> not it's not gonna be accurate um yeah okay you're right Four, okay yeah i guess it's been five years wow wow yeah Okay, now now I'm attempting. My first instinct there was to be like, you haven't done enough in the past five years. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, um, you know, that internal voice, that internal critic who's just always a big jerk. We're just going to ignore that voice. Yeah, I was going to say, I can, I'm can. i happy to refute that voice for yeah. you and point out all of the amazing things I mean, that I've seen from you just in like the year and a half that I followed you. So, <laughs> But you know, that voice is there. You just yeah. got to be like, hello, hello, internal jerk. Oh, like, hi there. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> the voice that says you're never enough. Nice to, yeah. nice, thanks for coming out. Okay, you can go away <laughs> now. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I had been in like a car accident and, and I was like stuck on the couch with like whiplash for a really long time. And mm-hmm. so I think there was just like a, a bit of like self-reflection and some like reevaluating and, you know, just sort of like, you know, being in like some pain and some like, mm-hmm. just like hanging out with your own thoughts there. And, um, yeah. So I think that's sort of like what immediately preceded um, making some changes. And, you know, so it, it had kind of messed up my shoulders and I couldn't like paint for a while. And, mm. and yeah, so I think, I think it kind of like anything that makes you like take some time away, you know, um, I think can lead to those, those big, big reflections and uh, some yeah. changes. So, so yeah, that, that kind of, uh, that kind of like led to, that big change and I think it's also easier um if I'm being like really really honest it's easier to make those big changes because you sort of like have that like built-in excuse because <laughs> then it's yeah. like it's like oh oh like I made this big change and it's like it's the car accident's fault <laughs> it's, not, it's not like me it's like look over there that's why I made the change <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't like me desperately like needing to like share something true and real within me. It's, it's over there. That's why I did it. Well, I mean, we had that globally with the pandemic. We're like, no, I didn't always have this. It's this pandemic. It's making me change. It's it's making me address these like really deep inner problems that I've been ignoring so desperately for so long. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This isn't something real and true and honest. The pandemic. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's so right. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. There's something. There's something there. <laughs> it's, it's not, like, look over there. Yeah. Uh, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah, yeah. Look over okay. there. Look over yeah. there. <laughs> just like, yeah, to be on the same page there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what has been the process of trusting in your style? Like when you first started releasing and sharing those images, like was there a lot of fear when you were first starting to share those? Yeah. 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 I think it's, I think it's like, um, you know, because the place that we usually like start sharing is social media and Mm -hmm. it is always like a bit weird to be like, okay, for like, you know, X number of years I've shared this thing and now I'm just gonna switch through and share this totally different thing. Um, like you've all known me and followed me for like this thing that you like, and now I'm going to give you something, you know, it's like <laughs> that you didn't ask for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You ordered a steak <laughs> off the menu and now I'm going to give you chicken fingers. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Hope you like it. <laughs> love chicken um, fingers. Yeah. Who wouldn't want chicken fingers? Who, when they order a delightful steak, <laughs> wouldn't be happy with a plate of chicken fingers? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think, you know, for, for one, I think, I think what I learned is that like, you know, people, people don't think about you that much and don't care about you that much. So it's, it's, it's okay. You put it out mm-hmm. there. They, they're not, they're not going to run screaming for the hills. They'll, they'll just quietly unfollow you if they don't like it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, so, I mean, like it was scary and I think I built it up in my head a lot more than I needed to. Um, mm-hmm. um, cause like the people who liked it, liked it. And the people who didn't left and people who were like, just my friends were like, Oh, cool. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, everyone else just like got used to it. And like, most people are just like, oh, yeah, that's, this is like the art you make, you know, most people are just, or like, really what happened, like, like, honestly, like, the algorithm is just so slow at actually showing people anything is that like, mm-hmm. most people don't even see it until you've been making it for like, six months or a year. And so by then, yeah. they're like, oh, that's what she makes and then they look yeah. back and they're like oh she's been making this forever oh I've got to get on board right <laughs> oh I did I'm, I'm behind the times <laughs> I was very curious like when this started so I like I scrolled back and back and back on your Instagram and I found your early portraits I was like oh holy shit <laughs> so different <laughs> I know sometimes I'm like should I archive it like should I should I get rid of it but I'm like I kind of like that it's like this I love seeing the evolution and like I really loved your your pieces that were like the scribbles and then saying like this piece of art has decided that it is not art (laughs) too much pressure and it doesn't want to be art anymore yeah I I, love those I actually want to like revisit those ones a little bit I like I kind of want to make like bigger versions of those ones because I feel like that's a good like expression of I I feel like I don't know yeah I think I've got more to say on on those pieces those really spoke to me I love them especially like the ones that are like whoever buys this art is a beautiful person (laughs) you're just manipulating your 
your viewers. Well, I feel like that's that's like capitalism in a nutshell. That's what. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I bought this thing. I spent money on it. Therefore, I am X. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's what like that's why we buy paintings is because like you know we want it to say something about us or or that's like part of the reason of like why capitalism might say you bought a painting, right? Because you're because you're, you're beautiful and intelligent and yeah you want it to like augment your personality anyway that's like this that's like the cynic in me so that's so yeah so I mean, <laughs> this painting to say, like the person who bought this painting is attractive and pretty and smarter than you so <laughs> I loved what you said about like people don't think about you that much as much as you think that they will like we how much we build it up in our heads I mean I remember yeah. the first time it was just like a blog post for my business that I was gonna post and I just I had it in my head that like either people were going to absolutely hate it or they were going to love it and they were going to want to work with me immediately and it was going to like change everything. This one blog post. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like thinking back on it now, I'm just like, no, honey, <laughs> like, sweet yeah. baby. No, like yeah. no one's going to care. Like three yeah. people are going to read it. Two of them are your parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, get it out there. Oh, I mean, your parents read it. That's mean. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> that might be generous. It's probably just my mom. <laughs> right. And, and she just skimmed it. Let's be honest. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, truly, like, you know, like getting people to like really actually care. Like, it's, you know, like, they they do a bit like honestly I I mean you know they they do care but it's it's not it's it's not as much as we think as we build up in right. our head they do you know like so when you're when you're making these big changes or if you like you know experiment with something that feels like you know because creative fear is real and it's big mm-hmm. and it's it's daunting and it's it's you know it's very real and 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 it's it's a lot but then you actually put it out there and it's just like you know it's, it's fart in the wind it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, even if people like really love it they I mean obviously they might buy it but like even if they just love it they'll like it they might comment on it but they won't think about it the way that you think about it it'll just yeah like you said fart in the wind there it goes like yeah 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 and you know you're right like someone might like really engage at it and like you know look at it and like really like have a moment with it and it might stick with them like you never know like that that's that's totally a a possibility but like the vast majority of the time right it's we're just scrolling we're just just scrolling (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh usually what happens yeah yeah um tell me more about your process with horror scoops how has it been to start integrating more writing into your creative practice yeah so horror scoops was such a such a funny thing that I I stumbled upon I never expected to become um a an astrologer (laughs) um but apparently I am now and it's like the greatest thing ever I am loving every second of it um, because yeah, because I get to, um, play around with writing. Um, it's, it's so funny because it's actually just like, okay, did you ever have like, um, uh, like a sort of a, a like, like a micro blog that you wrote in like in your teens or, um, yes. 
what what were they called like um uh, uh Exopia or like um I don't know, was on Tumblr Tumblr yeah yeah a lot of people had Tumblr um for some reason everyone at my high school had diary land um, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, I know. It wasn't a it wasn't a big one. Everyone had anyway. Anyway, so I had a diary land diary where I would write these little bits. So everyone else wrote like, you know, like what the you know the teachers did that was mean or what the other kids were up to or, you know, like their emotions and cute boys or cute girls or whatever. <laughs> um, but I would write these things of absolute like nonsensical microfiction about like you know, characters with like pants made of lemonade and goldfish with psychic powers that like melted into birthday cakes. Like, I don't know, like whatever, <laughs> the just, you know, stream of consciousness nonsense. And, you know, so all my friends would just be like, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and um, so you know, and and that was just that, and and I would you know occasionally turn in something like that for like an English class class project or or something. But you know, I've always like had these bits of writing that were like that that I did, and I always really loved doing it. And it was just like something, you know, in my back pocket. Like yeah. time to time, I would like take it out and play around and write some absurdist poetry or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, now, um, getting to like write these horoscopes every week is so much fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an absurd volume of, of work, but it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Every it's, week. It's just, <laughs> it's so much. And I love them every time I like, I look for my clapper crumb and I'm just like, Right on the nose. I love it. I think one time you actually said something about the dentist and I had just come home from the dentist and I was just like, Heather's an Oracle. Heather (laughs) Heather knows exactly. (laughs) Well-renowned astrologer. Yeah. No, I had actually been, I had come to Seattle and was following you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If only. If only I had those powers. Did you find that, like, so for me, sharing drawings and scribbles on social media doesn't bother me at all. I'm just like, yeah, here's my scribbledness. Here's my nonsense. But when it comes to writing, it there's, like, another level of vulnerability there that I'm just like, mm, maybe later. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just... <laughs> Uh, it's taken me a lot more work to start to share my writing just in like my writer's group. And so I'm just curious if that, if you experienced something similar or like, since you had already been doing it, you know, like you said, when you were younger, it just like kind of flowed a little easier for you. Well, okay. I think as like the horoscopes themselves, I, I have no like, fear sharing those I I love them I think they're just fun and silly and like like wonderful and it's like my absolute pleasure to like toss them out into the world and and you know people really enjoy them and and therefore it's just like the greatest like thing to like 
gift them to people. I mean, it's like a ton of work and I'm just like giving them out for free. And it's, um, you know, it's, so it's just really a labor of love to, to, to make these just, you know, for, for the people, for, for a laugh, for, for fun. So it's just like, it's truly just a joy. Um, but as for like, you know, so, but it's, it's caused me to, to, you know, think about doing a lot more, more writing, writing. And actually, even before this, I'd been doing some more um, fiction writing as well. And, and sharing that, um, you know, fills me with the sort of perilous dread that is, um, (laughs) you know, I'd rather sort of like, stick a fork in my own spleen and rip it out and eat it than um, (laughs) share it with another human being. Yeah. 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 I relate to that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Words are just so vulnerable. I mean, all sharing all creativity, especially if it like means something to you is vulnerable, but there is like, when it comes to just like trying to, convey human experience in fiction and memoir and whatever um yeah it's like another level of vulnerability that just feels so yucky yeah and I'm I'm trying to get to a point where I can be like hello I am an artist and a writer yeah that's writer it's not coming out fluidly yet. Maybe. <laughs> Writer. It'll it'll happen, maybe. It'll eventually. come. It'll come. Yeah. Working on things. But yeah, it's it's like wonderful that at least these like absurdist, you know, twelve ridiculous bits of microfiction are getting out into the world every week. Mm-hmm. I mean micro reality. They're not fiction. They're very real for, for their 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 destiny. They're real. They come <laughs> to my brain directly from outer space, from the stars. Mm-hmm. And they're real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Hey writer, are you feeling adrift in your writing practice, like the words swept you out to sea, but you have no idea where you're going? Climb aboard the writer's helm. I'm Lauren. And I'm Gabby. And we're both writers and professional editors who are here to support you on your writing voyage. With the writer's helm, you get access to group co-writing sessions, Q&A sessions, our private community chat room, and group coaching calls to help you along no matter what stage of the writing process you're in. Members of our crew have said that they've reconnected with their excitement for writing and feel energized from the support they've received from us and each other. You can sign up for the Writer's Helm at any time, which comes with a one-week free trial to make sure that we're the right crew for you. You don't need to navigate these stormy seas alone. Let the Writer's Helm take you to new shores. Um, you mentioned that like the process of coming up with that much content every week has been like a lot about just like letting go of expectations Mm. and opening yourself up can you talk more about that explain what your process is well now see at the beginning you gave me the idea of mad libs I'm gonna go I'm gonna go down that well (laughs) I'm gonna go fill in some adverbs and some adjectives (laughs) and Yeah. Um, so no one else is allowed to look at Mad Libs because, 
Uh, Heather is taking all the Mad Libs no and using them. <laughs> um, okay, no, but for real. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I've definitely um, been in d- that place, you know, where you're trying to sort of like, like, tense up and like squeeze out an idea like really hard and like mm-hmm. force creativity by like by like sort of like pushing it out and that doesn't work um it, it definitely Creative constipation um, yeah I was I was, trying, doesn't work. <laughs> I was trying to like avoid saying that <laughs> I mean for me Yeah, you can see my face making the creative conversation <laughs> face. <so. laughs> yeah, uh, creative constipation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that that just really doesn't work. The like the tensing and the forcing. Um, it definitely. Um, so you brought in some laxatives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of fiber. You have to have a high. Um, a mentally fibrous diet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that metaphor works, maybe. Sure. Um, yeah, we'll just pretend it does. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of mental um, mental metamucil, m- mental mental mu- mental 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 musil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what mental musil would be or look like. Um, anyway sorry this is getting silly now we've both gotten very loose um (laughs) oh no (laughs) the subject of mental musil that's that's okay anyway i expected nothing less from this conversation (laughs) i didn't think i'd be able to get through a conversation with you without it devolving into something silly (laughs) something as silly as um mental laxatives okay um (laughs) um anyway so we were talking about uh my process for horror scoops yes so you just take two scoops of mexlat um and you stir that in to a (laughs) cup of warm water and uh um, anyway no um there are no clumps (laughs) yeah no clumps you don't want a clumpy yeah you don't want a clumping you do not want a clumping okay okay i think we've um composed ourselves come back down to reality and are ready to talk about uh process again Um, yeah, okay, because yeah, like making horoscopes is like it's it's an intense like volume of of work. It's like mm-hmm. you know, if if I come up with like two a day, that's that's good. Or if I'm procrastinating and I have to write, you know, twelve pieces of microfiction on a Sunday, that's more yeah. and that's a lot. I, I do have like a notes app in my phone that's like full of potential scoops. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as like you know bits and pieces written here and there and you know whenever something comes to me like I write it down so they're you know I am collecting them along the way and um you know certain friends know that like you know when something silly is said sometimes I'll just like, <laughs> come and, like write it well down and be, like sorry like I this, gotta write this down this is gonna be material sorry about it um, you know, just because 
it's it's um just so much that I've got to I've got to like take from everywhere yeah. and you know it's just it's too much to like let anything <laughs> sort of slide um but um you know for the most part the vast majority of them really what I do is and actually I learned that this is really similar to how actual astrologers work um oh. I learned this I did uh, an interview with um uh, a woman from the uh the CBC and she yeah. she told me that this is like what actual astrologers do so so basically what I do is huh. I like like meditate I'll take take some deep breaths I'll relax and you know do I have a little like routine and I'll like clear clear my mind and I'll like just like wait for some like images and and whatnot to like come into my mind and wait you know kind of like let them let them congeal let like sort of a story unfold and and see what see what comes up and apparently that's very similar to what like actual astrologers do they'll like get into a meditative actually channeling from the stars i mean (laughs) you know (laughs) i guess maybe i am an astrologer oh my god um but you know i think that's like that's really interesting i think it's just like the only difference is you know sort of like the approach the intention right you know, sort of the like impetus behind it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sort of like I, I imagine an actual astrologer would be like, "All right, you know, Sagittarius, go brain," or you know, or or they'll have some like ideas based on. I I don't know. I actually don't know anything about astrology, so I don't know what. <laughs> I've purposely I don't want to sully my mind with actual yeah. astrology knowledge, so. I, I do it's have like, some astrology books that I've picked up along the way from like used bookstores just because I think they're interesting and and um, a few other reasons. There's like some peripheral astrology research I want to do, but not about the actual signs themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I imagine that like astrologers you know, they, they do some research about what the stars are doing. And then for the like nitty gritty of the sign, they like let, let, you know, get meditative, let like the ideas flow to them. Anyway, it's like very similar to that for like the vast majority of them. I like, just like get quiet, let, let some ideas come and, and try, you know, if I like panic and try to force it, it's gonna go wrong it's it's not gonna be good but if I'm like calm and I just like trust that something will come it's a lot about that trust and it's a lot about being calm being loosey-goosey and yeah and, and trusting which is which is scary it's scary to you know sometimes when it's like you know I post them on Monday and sometimes it's the weekend and I'm like oh crap <laughs> oh no yeah uh-oh you know, like being being loose and trying to be like chill then is uh, not always easy. Yeah, that trust is definitely hard to come by. So mm-hmm. good for you for coming up with that routine and just channeling your creativity and like learning to trust. I mean, obviously, 
I'm sure it's not like always easy, but um, yeah, yeah, no, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it, so yeah, and sometimes I'm like not able to, and that's when I go to the well of the notes app and like yeah, the other ones. Like I try not to use those unless like that's kind of the like emergency parachute, you know, like right. the backup one. <laughs> that's the one you use like when the other one doesn't open. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. usually, usually the trusting works. Usually yeah. the calm, flow, meditative, relaxation, <laughs> usually they come. Yeah. Some days that doesn't happen. And that's when and you that's have okay. plans. That's, that's when you have a backup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so good. Um, what would you tell creatives who think that their work is too out there? to appeal to people? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, Because I think we're actually in like the absolute best time for people who make work that is out there and weird Mm -hmm. and niche. Like I think if you um, are making work that is really, really weird or out there, or strange, like, I think now is, like, I think we're, we're really lucky right now, um, because I think even, like, you know, even 20 years ago, I think there was a lot of pressure to sort of appeal to everyone, um, with your work, but I think right now, like, you don't need to appeal to everyone, you don't need you don't need everyone to be your fan. Um, Like all you really need is a very small group of people who dig your work and who occasionally buy it and, and you can make a living from it. You know, it doesn't take, you don't, you don't need like two bazillion followers to, to make a living from your work anymore you know mm-hmm. or, or really it's not even about that maybe you all you want is to just like put it out there for fun like yeah you know that's also just fine you know I think I think we live in an amazing time for, for work that is out there there are so many like weirdos waiting to accept you and and who <laughs> Aren't, aren't just waiting to accept you, but are waiting to feel accepted by you, you know, yeah. feel the acceptance that they're going to feel by seeing your work. You know, your work is going to make them feel accepted and they're going to make them feel seen because, mm-hmm. because of what you're saying, you know, like your work, um, it might be so out there and so weird and so ridiculous and so silly that you know someone is gonna be like oh wow I thought it was just me that felt this but oh my gosh it's this oddball too it's this Mm -hmm. absolute weirdo as well and I think that's that's definitely something I found in horror scoops you know a lot of the people who are the biggest fans of it are people who are like oh, this is, like, the way I think. This is, mm-hmm. like, this is, like, me. This is, like, me and my friends. And mm-hmm. it's the people who send their horoscopes to, you know, all their friends every Monday. And that's the people who, you know, 
think the same way and who are big weirdos too and who are big goofballs and 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 you know just are probably very similar to me and we'd probably be pals and hang out if we <laughs> ever met you know because yeah. they're the, the, the same way and are probably like you know big loser nerds <laughs> and, and you know we're probably we're probably very similar types of people and that's the the power of art is that it like connects us and and makes us feel seen and makes you know it like it, it builds a little bridge between between something I felt and something you felt mm. and and when you put it out there you know you're you're putting this this little this little bridge this little invitation out there and and so I think I think it's the it's the it's such a great time to to be making work that's out there so so yeah go yeah. for it Absolutely. make it weirder make it even weirder <laughs> yeah I think also like people are so tired of like the curated perfect imagery of like what things are supposed to be because like how many people actually fit into those categories zero nobody fits into those categories Mm -hmm. even the people who are saying that they like fit into those categories like we are all weird little animals and you know the more you can like show your weird little animal self to other people like the more you'll connect on that like oh thank god I thought I was like in this human suit and I had to act a certain way, but like, you're showing me that I don't have to act like this. And like, Oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like such a relief. Mm -hmm. The second someone like gives you permission. Sorry. I just burped into the microphone. Um, (laughs) Hopefully that didn't get caught. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like, like, yeah, you're just like giving them permission and, and like a beautiful like invitation to be weird and to be, yeah not the normal thing that has probably like been killing them and been like painful to be and to like mm-hmm. been like a horrible pressure in their lives to be like any sort of wonderful invitation to like jump ship out of that like painful existence oh my god it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. yeah oh, so yeah good. oh I want to see well, the imaginary art we're talking about. <laughs> out there people. Oh my god. Sounds yeah, great. All, all the way. I've since delving into like just ugly art and like searching for ugly art out in the world. I have found some incredible things. Oh. Um, like Hani um, is an artist in Australia who made this gigantic Kim Kardashian sculpture. Like humongous and like it's her giant ass (laughs) and then there's like a place where you can put your head like between her cheeks and like it shows you a video of like all this like social media stuff it's like a huge commentary but like (laughs) it's like the funniest thing and I love it so much I I want I want in. I want in. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you. It's <laughs> great. Honey's great. Sounds, that sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we're wrapping up. Um, at the end of every episode, I like to ask if there's anything ugly that you've made this week or recently. Um, obviously, it doesn't have to specifically be ugly. It could just be something that you let go of the outcome while making it. Um, sounds like you do that frequently with horoscopes. So maybe something outside of that. 
um yeah anything ugly you've made yeah yeah I was I made um uh a painting recently like one of my um portraits with with text on it um I actually like found one that I had made and and I had I really liked the text on it um but the portrait just oh gosh it just didn't work out it just looked really really (laughs) really bad the just the face looked just I don't know she looked too like cutesy and like I wanted her to look cool you know like I wanted her to look I don't know a certain way and she just didn't um Uh but but you know like and I used to like think I just had to paint everything like one time like I had like one shot Mm. to like make a painting yeah but then I just, I just redid it. I just did it over again. Like, I don't know why I thought like, like every painting had like one energy to it. Like I just had to uh-huh. like, like I had like one go at it. Like it only had like this one life force and I just had to like do it. And like, that was it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I <laughs> realized that like this weird misconception I had. Yeah, I was just wrong. I could just redo it. I can just yeah. make a version of that painting. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think so many writers, too, think that. I mean, <sighs> painters and other kinds of artists, but, like, writers think, like, especially first-time writers, I have to write a book. Like, and writing a book mm-hmm. is the thing. And they don't really think about the fact that, like, you're going to write so many drafts of the same book. And it's just, like, it's not just one shot. You get to, like, redo it and edit it and revise it. And it's, like, this whole long process like you get to redo it as many times as you think it's ready and necessary like yeah like you can just if you've made something bad you can just take the part that's good like the the text I wrote was good Mm -hmm. there was one salvageable thing in this painting (laughs) and just throw out the ugly part Uh and then just make a new one and the new one was fine it was a good painting it was it was a it went from a C minus to a to an A A minus. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't breaking any any records, any any new ground. But it was fine. It was good. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, um, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. I laughed very hard. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna go have some Metamucil now. <laughs> just really craving it after that conversation yeah I don't know why (laughs) um is there anything you want to announce anything coming up or any anywhere people should go to support you um people can follow me on instagram at heather buchanan uh h-e-a-t-h-e-r-b-u-c-h-a-n-a-n or at horror scoops horror dot scoops um and yeah that's that's pretty much it you know I'm someday gonna have the confidence to have a short story somewhere that's that may be true who knows <laughs> it could happen <laughs> we will see or or I'll or I'll eat my own spleen one of the two things <laughs> one of those two things <laughs> well let's hope for the former <laughs> uh thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening keep it ugly everybody the Ugly Podcast is created by me, Lauren Alexander of Scribe and Sunshine. It is produced and sort of edited also by me and written and directed by absolutely nobody. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate and leave a review on your preferred platform and share with the creative people in your life. 
If you're interested in learning more about what I do, head to scribeandsunshine.com to learn more about my Ugly Art 101 course, my perfectionism workshop, my editing services, and the Writer's Helm, which is an online community for writers co-captained by myself and Gabby Goodlow. As always, keep it ugly. Ugly.